What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all as always as we continue our conference preview series here. Moving things on to the Atlantic Sun um, conference. If you have not listened uh, or read, as we have all these conference previews on lacrossebucket.com as well. Um, ACC America East did those uh, the, the past two days. Uh, we'll have the Big Ten, the Big East uh, coming up here in a few days as well. As uh, you know, the CAA, the Ivy League, the Patriot League, the SOCON, we're going through every single conference in Division One lacrosse over the next two and a half weeks hitting all, uh, what, 10, 11 conferences they are, uh, hitting all, each conference, uh, breaking them down uh, team by team, going through, you know, how I see things shaking out, as well as, uh, you know, pointing out who I think could possibly take home, uh, you know, Offensive Player of the Year honors, Defensive Player of the Year honors, and I've added in my own specialty one, Transfer of the Year honors. Uh, with how impactful transfers have been in college lacrosse uh, here in recent years with the advent of the transfer portal. Before we get started here with the ASUN today, I do want to mention um, that uh, Lacrosse Bucket, uh, via the podcast here, um, will be offering kind of a a new service, uh, I would say, on the podcast uh, front. Um, you know, we have mailbag questions that get submitted <clears throat> every week. Um, I don't answer them as frequently as I would like during the season. Um, try to be better on that um, this season. Uh, most of them get submitted via uh, direct message on Instagram. Do have uh, some that get sent in on Twitter as well, um, and I try to answer every single one we can here on the podcast, uh, usually on Sunday, uh, especially during the off-season, we'll do a special mailbag episode on Sunday. <clears throat> New way that you can submit uh, your questions um, on the podcast, or if you just want to ask a question or, you know, in general here, uh, as I have been able to set up a voicemail box service um, through uh, Google Voice, so it's, it's connected to my Gmail account. So I will get uh, an email every time that you uh, send a voice message in there. Um, and I tested it out last night. It, it, it's just like um, it, it's literally just like calling, and then it'll it'll go through. It'll ring a couple times and like. This isn't connected to any phone, um, so like it's it's connected to my to the lacrossebucket at gmail.com. It's connected to that email account, and basically you kind of go through it'll ring like three to five times. It'll say like you know this Google Voice account um, <clears throat> or, or voice box whatever um, is not available, meaning like there's no phone that can pick up, um, and then you, you know leave your message at the tone, and at the tone you so it's like a normal voicemail box. Um, you can also uh, text this uh, address 
<clears throat> let me text this number as well, um, and I will get those also uh, via the email as well as on the app. Um, 502, so, so here's the number, 502-771-1567. That is the number that you can call and text to leave a message via voicemail or text message um, if you want to submit a mailbag question or just ask a question in general. Um, and we'll, we will be using that as well as a medium to collect questions um, for the mailbag episode and just in general uh, during this season, uh, specifically for use uh, on this podcast. So I'm going to say the number one more time, 502-771-1567. And I'll also have that number uh, uh, number down in the description in the show notes as well, so uh, you can get it there. Enough uh, kind, of, kind of talk on that front. Let's move into previewing the Atlantic Sun Conference. As I mentioned, this is a conference that's coming back. They've been defunct now for uh, seven years, I believe, and coming back into the men's college lacrosse ether. Um, they had that one-year stint in 2014. Coming back now with Bellarmine, Cleveland State, Detroit Mercy, Robert Morris, Utah, and Air Force all jumping on um, into the A-Sun this season. I believe they're the 10th, 11th conference um, here in men's Division I lacrosse. 11th, it is uh, conference in Division I men's lacrosse. Let's get into things here and obviously going alphabetically. We will start things off with the Air Force Falcons. Um, Air Force, you know, they ended those, you know, they were a member of the SOCON. They made the SOCON semifinals a year ago, uh, barely getting in as that final seed in the tournament um, as they upset Richmond uh, the final week of the season to earn themselves that spot and break that tie uh, with Bellarmine and Mercer there for that fourth and the final spot in the SOCON, uh, this is a, a program that's won a couple conference t- uh, conference titles. Um, and, you know, right away in the in the A-Sun, uh, you know, I, I expect them to be a top three team in this conference and uh, do expect them to, you know, after a down year last season, 4-9, um, 57th best offense, 41st best defense, which compared to what their defenses had been – that's not 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 too great of a place to be uh, for uh, Bill Wilson's squad. Um, so looking to regain a bit of relevancy uh, in a sense of just getting back to the top of the conference after dropping off for a year or two uh, there uh, as they close out their time in the SoCon. I mentioned you know struggles offensively, struggles defensively for this team in 2021. They do play a very, very challenging schedule here in 2022, um, especially when you look at the non-conference slate. They have Virginia on there, uh, uh, among others. Denver, uh, uh, you know, always uh, playing 
the Falcons as, you know, two of those teams out west. Uh, they've got Marquette on the schedule. They've got Denver, I mentioned, Virginia, Colgate, Canisius, Jacksonville, Moso, Bryant. Um, you know, a pretty good, solid non-conference schedule. Obviously, Virgin- at Virginia, at Denver, uh, the two biggest ones there, you know, back-to-back to start the season. Um, so th- this is a team that, especially after those two games, will be battle-tested uh, coming into conference play. Uh, they return a good chunk of that talent back from last season. Um, that could very well help those numbers, what they did last year, go up. Um, Ethan Grandolfo uh, back there to kind of lead this offense. Aiden Tolan, uh, both two guys at that attack unit. Um, this is a, a an offense that does lose two top guys at the midfield spot, Matthew O'Rourke and Quincy Peen. Uh, two big losses there. Uh, so we'll see how this offense starts to starts to kind of creep back up the ranks here. And, and I, I especially think they should here in, in, in the A zone. I think this is a conference very well set up for a program like Air Force to come in and, and really dominate um, right away. I mentioned those two midfield losses. They do return Brendan Krause um, back, was their, I believe, uh, third midfielder um, there last season, 14 goals, nine assists. Um, so Grandolfo, Tolan, Kraus, kind of a solid core there to, to really build things around um, as some of the bigger playmakers coming back. Uh, defensively, Quentin Carlisle is, you know, is the guy to know there. Uh, he's the top returning pole for this defense. They do lose Vince uh, Lombardi there um, on the defensive end. A pretty solid, a pretty big loss for them. Also, uh, James Chaston, who started all 13 games at close, and uh, Chris Bardark, both uh, return as well. Um, Bardark, most of his time last year uh, at LSM, um, one start at close as well. So we'll see how they play him here in 2022. Dylan Frankhauser and Brian Michael split time last season at the faceoff dot. Um, going to combine 47%. Uh, the faceoff dot really, you know, another area where Air Force struggled last season. Um, except for a few games, uh, Bellarmine, I think, was the one game they actually, you know, both those teams really bad faceoff wise. And we'll talk about the Knights here in a second. Um, so, you know, they played each other. You know, things looked a little better for the Falcons than they did in other games. Um, but th- this is a, a, a team really with a lot of areas to improve on. And I do think at least in conference, they're going to be able to do that. Moving on to the Bellman Knights. This is a team where defense is everything. Um, you know, look, they lose Eric Ruback, They lose Brendan Fennell. Eric Ruback, obviously one of the <laughs> kind of, um, you know, you know, really hardcore lacrosse fans know that name. Uh played a big piece of this team last year at the LSM spot. Um, really, and the offensive struggles were so bad for this team, they put him on offense. Like, literally, just putting a pole on offense, just 
on purpose to, to, to get some momentum going there. So uh, th- this is a very interesting team coming into 2022. Obviously, you lose Ruback, who's your best player, uh, one of the best players to ever play there uh, at Bellarmine. You lose Brendan Fennell, another you know, big piece of that defense. Uh, Chase Fairbanks is also gone. Uh, he started six games last year, started all every game in 2020. He's now at Monmouth. So uh, you lose three, you know, s- solid pieces, especially two really big pieces of your defense. Uh, but this is a defense I think should that should still be a top 30 unit as they were last year, uh, or at least has the potential to be so, right? Um, you bring back a guy in John Robbins, who's the top returning pole. Uh, he ended the year as the nation's leader in cause turnovers with 35, also had 39 ground balls. You know, he's continuing to just etch him his name into the Bellarmine record books, right? Um, fifth year, you no know, defenseman, LSM, Matt Yuri, as well as Ben, as junior Ben Taylor, uh, were, were two of their, uh, you know, primary uh, reserves at close. Yuri was kind of the backup LSM. They double pulled the wings, and Yuri was often on there if he wasn't taking faceoffs, which they did, uh, took multiple last season as well. Um, so those two guys returning as well, add that depth there. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see who they, who Coach Whitley and, and the staff chooses to put on either side there um, as that second and third defenseman uh, along there with Robbins. But uh, this is a defense that's going to be pretty solid. And, you know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, that you do have uh, a solid goaltender coming back in J.C. Higginbotham, as well as uh, you know two strong uh, short stick defensive midfielders, Denton McDonald, who had a stellar freshman season, uh, a lot of praise uh, for him nationally for what he did last year. Uh, Harrison Pate also uh, coming back as a junior uh, short stick defensive midfielder, a guy that's all over the field. So uh, really, really confident in those Bellarmine defense. Um, the, the questions come, though, offensively and at the faceoff dot. Uh, Bellarmine, they do return most of their, uh, I, I think, what, 42% of their production is back. Um, Landon Trout, Kyle Playstad being the two, you know, big names there. At the attack position, um, you know, those guys, uh, as well as Benny O'Rourke, uh, combined for 82 points last season. That's 43% of their offense. They have all those guys back um, and don't really lose much at all on offense from last season um, with the top seven scorers back, uh, including you know those I just mentioned. Um, but this was an offense. They were 61st nationally, 7.87 goals per game. That's just not going to cut it. And then at the faceoff dot, they went a measly 29%, uh, which is dead last in college lacrosse. So a lot of lot to work on there um, in Louisville with the Bellarmine Knights um, as, as they enter the first year in the SoCon. Um, another team with some question marks here uh, in the A-Sun. Oh, excuse me, the, the, the A-Sun. I said the SoCon. Um, the, in the A-Sun. Um, another team here, Cleveland State. Uh, they go 3-7 and seven last year as an independent. Uh, this is a team. They lose to the top offensive uh, point getters from last season, Chase Baker, Tristan Hanna. Um, you know, this is another team that 
I, I this is a team. I, I think you look at the ASUN as a whole. This could be the youngest team in the conference um, in, in what they bring back with the losses they have, especially on offense as well as their losses on defense. This is going to be a pretty young team coming into this season. And, and <clears throat> besides just the youth, um, you know, one of the biggest you know, questions of this team is, you know, what are things going to look like in the cage? Well, you have Kevin Sobe, um, who's now gone at, at the goalie position. And he was really, uh, really the, well, this defense was never fantastic last year. Sobe himself was very good and had some very good performances that really, you know, even if you were, you know, if, you know, what this Vikings defense was, you knew they had a solid guy in cage um, that could bail them out if needed and oftentimes did. Um, you do not have him anymore. Uh, you do return, or you do get in uh, Cam Logan, a transfer from Hartford who had been the starter at Hartford for multiple years. Uh, so you get him in there. I have to imagine he's one of the guys, uh, if not the guy in contention for that starting spot um, there. Um, and so he'll bring some veteran experience to that defense. Um you know, and this is a defense that nine of 13 defensemen listed on their roster are freshmen or sophomores. And I think only, when I was looking through it, I think only two guys, two or three guys, played like more than two or three games a year ago. Some haven't even played at all. So this is a very, very young team. Um, when you look offensively, they do have, I mentioned it's very young, but do have some returnees in Jason Sullivan and Brendan uh, Sogenson, uh, who should be the leaders on that end. Um, but very, very young team. Uh, mentioned Cam Logan is going to you know, bring some veteran experience there. Uh, you know, a fellow Hartford Hawk, Andrew Boniface, uh, comes in uh, at the midfield spot, brings similar uh, experience, similar talent there at the midfield position after a successful uh, few seasons there at Hartford. Uh, it was All-America East selection, I think, uh, once or twice, I uh, believe, for very good players uh, that the Vikings have gotten in the transfer portal, uh, you know, taking, I don't want to say taking advantage of, but, you know, profiting off of uh, the roster exodus that we did see from the Hartford Hawks uh, last season. Um, the one area with, with Cleveland State, though, that, that I'm very excited about and that I think is, if anything, you know, if this team is going to want to get, if they want to make it to Birmingham, which I absolutely love that the A-Sun's going to have their tournament in Birmingham. It's amazing. Um, if Cleveland State wants to be there, Evan Mosca um, has got to be on. And apologies if I, if I butchered that name. Um Got to see him twice last year. Really, really good player. Really good player. As a freshman, one of the better freshmen in college across at the face-off dot. 52%, 87 for 167. He's a freshman. He had some ups and downs. I think coming into his sophomore year, if he can continue on that, going to be a big, big piece of this Vikings program, uh, not only this year, but in years to come as well. Uh, moving on, to the Detroit Mercy Titans. 
this is a program that loses two of their best players uh, at the at their positions in program history: Logan Shamblin, Alex Jarzembowski. Uh, also, this is a program that was restricted to a conference-only schedule last year in the MAC. They go three and four uh, overall, and uh, you know fall in the conference quarterfinals uh, to St. Bonaventure. But this is also a program that we've seen be a consistent competitor in the MAC. Now, my question is: Can can they come over, and can they do this in the ASUN? I think when you look at these teams. And you look at what Detroit Mercy has done against some of these teams in past years, I think certainly, yes, they can be uh, a top four contributor in the ASUN um, in this in this new conference. Now, immediately, though, what is this Detroit Mercy team going to look like? You lose Shamblin, you lose Jarzembowski. Those are two very, very big losses uh, for this program, and those were those two guys were, in many ways, the backbone of this Titans team, um, not only last year, but for the past two, three years as well. Um, and these were some of the best players. They're, they're up there in the record books at their positions. Uh, big, big losses here. Um, this offense will be, uh, you know, they do have a, a good fifth-year guy coming back in Brett Erskine, uh, who played very well. Last season was the leading point getter, has been up there as a top three guy for this offense. You got to think they lean on him. You get a guy like Will Adele and Ryan uh, Boney back as well, a sophomore and a junior, who've been you know top three point getters uh, for this team. Uh, they've combined uh, Oskin, Adele, and Boney for 50 points last season. Uh, at the On the back end, you know, mention – you don't have Shamblin and Cage, and that's obviously the biggest question here um, for this team as well as what you do at the faceoff dot. However, I do think this close defense in terms of these polls, there is a there is a possibility that they do are a pretty you know formidable unit. You have Paul uh, Manasuka back uh, again. Apologies if I pronounce if I mispronounced that name, uh, butcher that name. Um, Following the season, he's come back as a fifth-year guy. He had 36 ground balls, 13 cause turnovers as the Max Ellison of the year. Really big-time year for him. Um, and then you also have uh, junior defenseman Owen uh, Brunis back as well as the second top returning pole. Uh, so two good poles back there. Uh, you know, how they play them, you know, it, 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 we'll have to see, but uh, do think you have two good poles back there that you can lean on despite uh, that big hole there in cage. With Robert Morris, second to last team looking at here, this is a team that loses Ryan Smith, Jimmy Perkins, Austin Popovich. That is a heck of a lot of offense to lose. They were a top 15 offense a year ago. You lose three of your best players in program history. That's a big, big hit. Big hit. Uh, they return a lot on the defensive end, uh, which they, they weren't necessarily very good last year. 56th in scoring defense. You want to see that go up. 
Um, and, and I mentioned James Lilly back on defense. Liam Rosenthal back in the cage. Uh, two guys to highlight that unit. Uh, and you do definitely want to see them go up. You also want to see them go up at the faceoff dot. Um, well, very, very problematic. Maybe even more problematic at the faceoff dot than on defense last season. Um, as the, the the Colonials were able to get out in the middle of the field a bit last season and at times. And I think you saw that against Duke. They ran the field very well defensively to offense. Uh, but overall, this defense was was not what it needs to be. Um, and the faceoff dot was even more problematic. Steven Delamanche coming back as their top returner. He goes 41%. You can round it up to 42 if you want. Um, last season, that's got to be better. Uh, but the highlight of this Colonials team, got a new head coach in there um, in Craig McDonald. But the highlight of this team will still be offense, even with the losses you have. And, and those are significant losses, very significant. But I'm not as concerned with this RMU offense as I would be with some other teams, losing that much talent. Because you have a fifth-year midfielder in Jake Bordeaux back. You have uh, an, an attackman in Corson Keeley back as well. Like, those two guys are a solid unit, are a solid uh, duo to build an offensive round. And they were there with Jimmy Perkins. They were there with Ryan Smith. They were there with Austin Popovich. The keys are just being handed to them. And based on what these guys did last year, Bordeaux, 14 goals and assists. Uh, Corson Keeley, 21 goals, 5 assists. They're going to be running the show. And I got to think that despite those losses, this is an offense that continues that trend of high-level play on that end in Moon Township. The Utah Utes, the other team, uh, the third team actually here, uh, Cleveland State, Robert Morris and Utah coming into the A-Sun after uh, spending time in as an independent. Uh, this is a team also coming in the season with a new head coach as Andrew McMinn comes from Robert Morris, to uh, comes out west to Utah. And, uh, you know, this is a program, I'll be honest, I think you have a new coaching staff and, and all of that, and and just like it's going to be at RMU, you're going to have some bumps and bruises, um, some growing pains there with that, as usual. But this is a Utah team. They return a lot, like a lot, a lot. Um, Tyler Bradbury, Jordan Hyde were their top point getters on offense. They're both coming back. Um, you get back all five of your top scorers from a year ago, which is just not many teams do that. Um, so keeping that continuity together. Samuel Cabrera, uh, very, very good LSM for this team last year. Uh, you also get him back as well. Led the team in cars turnovers with 14. Also had 58 ground balls last season for the Utes. Uh, and then also, you know, at, at the close defensive spot, Ryan Lemons, Joey Bolston uh, back. As well, you do lose a Dan Tracy, uh, one of the top, you know, close defensemen there uh, from last season. Uh, but overall, oh, 
and you get Cole Williams back um, at the faceoff dot. And this is a guy that went 60%, uh, excuse me, that went 50% overall. That includes a 60% 12 for 20 performance against Alex Tathakis of Denver. So this is a guy uh, that can play a ball uh, there at the faceoff dot and be a valuable asset for Utah. The biggest question for this team comes in cage. Zach Johns, Zion uh, DeSaneche, uh shared duties last year. Who they go with, um, you know, it, it, we'll have to see who they trot out. If they use kind of a dual goalie system as they did a year ago, but uh, overall, I, I think this is a Utah, a Utah team that you know returns a lot, a lot of younger players as well, uh, because a lot of the guys were freshmen in 2020. They're now, you know, redshirt sophomores. I uh, guess how you would categorize most of those guys. Um, and they were a young team last year. You know, you go four and seven as an independent. Uh, you beat some of these teams that are on your in your conference now. Uh, return a whole lot. I think they're also set up very well for uh, success here in the A Sun. Uh, in the future, as well as immediately. Moving on to the uh, predictions part of today's uh, show here. Uh, look at the A-Sun, how I see things shaking out, as well as uh, picking a uh, conference offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. I also am throwing in a transfer player of the year as well for who I think will be the most impactful transfer. How I see things shaking out here, um, so Robert Morris, Utah, Air Force, I have as the top three teams in this conference. Right now I have it RMU, Utah, and uh, the Falcons there at number three. I'm pretty confident as to those three being the top, um, the top dogs in this conference right away. Um, you know exactly how things shake out. You know, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Utah or Air Force comes out on top either. Uh, but as of right now, I think RMU uh, definitely the top team there in the Atlantic Sun. Um, you know, they're the consensus top three, and you know those games between those three are going to be very intriguing, very highly competitive there. Um, At number four, uh, I have the Bellarmine Knights coming in there. Um, You know, I believe when you look at that second tier, uh, Bellarmine, Detroit, Mercy, I I think are kind of, you know, a little bit, maybe you could flip those two. They're right there, almost neck and neck. I I give Bellarmine the edge on defense there. Um, Detroit, Mercy, I have a bit more questions about as well as Cleveland State. Um, I think Cleveland State obviously has the most questions of any team in this conference coming into the season. Um, And really, this conference is kind of a a two-tiered conference right now. RMU, Utah, Air Force, they're your top three. Bellarmine, Detroit Mercy, Cleveland State are are that second tier. And I think within those tiers – um, you know, we're going to see some very, very good lacrosse uh, this spring and just within that conference in general. You know, Detroit Mercy, Bellarmine, 
uh, even Cleveland State, may be able to challenge an all-MU, a Utah, an Air Force. They've done it before, and you know they certainly can do it again. Um, I, I believe Bellarmine and Detroit mostly have beaten um, Robert Morris and Air Force in the past. Uh, and I don't exact. I don't think Utah's played Detroit mostly. I think it's the only team they have not played thus far uh, in this new conference. But uh, the the record between these teams just over the years is is, is a pretty competitive one. So. Uh, this conference overall gonna be interesting to see how things shake out. But uh, the Colonials, the Utes, and the and the Falcons clear cut top three in this conference, uh, in my opinion. And I don't see any way that's gonna change. Uh, who who gets that fourth and final spot and gets to go to Birmingham to compete? Um, right now, I, I'm I'm seeing Bellarmine as the team that's gonna get there. Um, Detroit, Mosey, Cleveland State, they can make a run as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out here. Uh, looking at conference player of the year uh, on the offensive end, I'm picking Jake Baudreau um, out of Robert Morris. This is a guy who really has been an impact player for them um, since 2018. He's been there. Uh, it's, it's his time to shine. He's given <clears throat> b- being handed the keys to this offense, and I think we're going to see him shine a lot this season. Uh, there, so that's my offensive offensive player of the year pick uh, for the A Sun. Uh, defensive player of the year, I, you know, got to go with John Robbins at Bellarmine. Um, he was an All Conference guy last season uh, in the SoCon. You know, coming in now as the leader of this defense, I don't see any way um, you know that he steps back um, in his production, um, and he's going to end up being you know already is, but is going to, you know, end his career as one of the best defensemen uh, to ever play uh, at Bellarmine, one of the best players in program history there. Uh, transfer of the year, um, going with Andrew Boniface uh, at Cleveland State from Hartford. Uh, the midfielder had a, a really strong career there with the Hawks, now coming in, um, you, you know, just uh, just graduated in December. He's coming in now. Uh, to Cleveland State, um, and I believe he has, what, two years left, I believe, because I think he played, was it three years at Hartford? I'm maybe wrong on that, but this is a guy who comes in and brings that veteran experience, brings that talent, where it is really, really needed uh, there at Cleveland State with a lot of their pieces uh, on offense, but also just overall Um gone from a year ago, and, uh, you know, it, for me, looking at the transfer of the years between him and his other, uh, you know, his, his other teammate uh, from the same school and Cam Logan, you know, and obviously going with Boniface here, but uh, I think both those guys were going to see their impact felt on that Cleveland State program. All right, folks, that is all uh, for today. As always, thank you all for tuning in. Reminder, you can follow us on social media, at Lacrosse Bucket, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. LacrosseBucket.com is where you can stay up to date with all your lacrosse news throughout the year. And I'll say again, uh, the new uh, place where you can submit your questions 
the mailbag or just you know reach out to me uh, whenever the heck you want. Uh, 502-771-1567. Voicemail or text message uh, through that platform right there. As always, have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of the week. We'll be back tomorrow with more conference uh, as we continue our conference preview series. Big East, Big Ten up on deck the next few days. We'll be going through the entirety of the Division I men's college lacrosse conferences over the next two weeks.